0: You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Fairbaugh. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now. I work at WPTS Radio Station. And I work for ACC Network as a production assistant. We'll have guest Michael Nitty on here, former WPTS Sports Director, to talk everything pit football, including can the defense be fixed? How does this offense compare to the 2016, that Canada offense? And what do we think overall about Mark Whipple and how he has helped this ceiling of the pit offense? All that more coming up on Locked on Pit. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Here with a special guest today, Michael Nitty. Nitty,
0: how are you, man? Uh, I'm great. Uh, honored to you know be asked to be on this, and it's you know been the first time talk about pit football, you know, um, with somebody not over text, anger angrily, or uh, you know um, maybe excited for some of these games, but to really kind of dive into it a little bit more is uh, is exciting.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, this team uh, is something interesting. I'll say that. Um, Right now, Pitt is kind of obviously teetering, but I think the first thing I do want to get to is that defense. Like, just going deep into it. How much of a concern do you think it is? And, like, we've seen Pitt defenses before the past two years be really good. But so much turnover in the secondary, no Hamlin, no Pinnock, no Paris Ford.
0: I mean – the secondary has to be the main concern on the team, period, right? Yeah. I mean, we've seen what the guys up front can do and, you know, Haba and, and um, uh, Alexander. I mean, those guys, it seems like Narduzzi has no problem churning out recruits year after year in the front four. Um, but we've seen the secondary struggle uh, from time to time. You know, you talk about the guys that left recently with Hamlin and even Dane Jackson, guys like that, guys that are in the NFL right now uh, that went to the pit. But before those guys, uh, Narduzzi really had trouble recruiting, I felt like, guys in the secondary um, back in like 2016, um, 2017. Like those years were really tough on the secondary. And then and it, it, he built it back up. And then now we're kind of seeing the come down again. Uh, and it, it, it is tough to see them get, you know, burned deep or, or you know, shredded uh sometimes in the run game, even though, you know, the pass rush has been pretty good, but the, but the run defenses struggle a little bit. So it is frustrating to watch. Yeah.
1: I think that the the thing is it's the same old issues that kind of plagued Narduzzi during that part of his tenure that you talked about, you know, he had like Avante Maddox and Ryan Lewis and those guys both actually ended up in the NFL for multiple years. Maddox, I think is still in there. Um, But it's kind of the scheme, right? Like everyone's left on an Island. It's man coverage. And, that's the thing, I think. But so they decided to make a few adjustments last week. I mean, Eric Hallett didn't play as much. PJ O'Brien, the freshman, played more. We saw more MJ Devonshire. I, I guess this is the question that I'll ask you because I think it's a huge issue still. But I thought there were encouraging signs from PJ O'Brien and those guys. Can this be fixed via personnel adjusting? Because we saw the way that it was the same RPO every time, right? Same RPO every time against Western Michigan. Same route. Boom, 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 boom. Nothing. There was no adjustment there. If Pitt plays against Georgia Tech this week and can't adjust to that, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. It's a tough matchup
0: for them. Yeah, I mean, with – you know changing a little bit of the scheme or, uh, or adjusting their personnel you, know, you look at their the guys they have um and we talked about the guys that have departed and I also want to you know shout out Jordan Whitehead Super Bowl champion that's another guy um they've had come through but there's no real you know n- number one corner like a blue chip kind of guy you can just throw on someone's number one receiver they don't really have that and not to say that they necessarily had that before but they certainly had guys capable of that, like capable of covering some of the better receivers like Dane Jackson. Uh, you know, I, I consider him like more reliable. But right now, I don't think they have that. And it's early in the season. So maybe someone emerges. But I, I think it is important for them to, for the coaching staff to put these guys in, in a little bit of an easier position. Um to to thrive and you know maybe if it's bending a little bit and not breaking because we've seen the defense just straight up break often and I, you know you want to have those guys up front do most of the work and get the pressure um so you know it goes both ways a little bit uh but but to me it's it, i think a, an adjustment could could help because i mean these guys these guys aren't scrubs i mean you know in our like we said in our doozy, has recruited defense pretty well. I think it's just making the adjustments. And like I said, it's early. There's a lot of turnover. So that can be kind of expected, but it's still concerning.
1: I, I agree with that. I think that the secondary on both the personnel and schematic level was concerning. Because, again, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not an Eric Hallett guy. I'm really not. I think he does a lot of things well, but he also has a lot of weaknesses. I like Brandon Hill. Demari Mathis is a solid football player. I like what Demari Mathis brings. He was really good in 2019. I don't know if he's been quite as good so far this year, but he's solid. Marquez Williams feels like a slot corner that's playing outside. He's like 5'9". but right, he's, he's a good, small. Like, he's a good player. A.J. Woods has always been that dude that's been like, he's going to break out, and he never quite has. Devin Shire looks good. But, yeah, I think there's so many questions in the secondary. So, I guess then... When we took turnover to Georgia Tech, specifically, and we talk about someone like Jeff Sims, who is almost like Hendon Hooker in a way, really good runner of the football, had a big game against North Carolina after he replaced Jordan Yates. He's not a terrific thrower, although he's got arm talent, but his accuracy has been all over the place. Pitt bundled him up last year, but I mean – in terms of this game against Georgia Tech, I mean, how big of an issue do you think he can be for this new look secondary in this defense that got torched by Hendon Hooker?
0: Yeah, I, it's it's. I remember. I, I want to say it was last year, two years ago, and the name is uh, escaping me. It was some, I it was a quarterback for Virginia Tech, another dual threat guy, and I remember coming into the game. There was talk about you know uh, him just like being able to beat Pitt in, in multiple ways, and it was a wet kind of game, and he struggled. Um, so to me, it's like it's kind of tough with evaluating how Pitt's going to do against a guy like um, a very mobile guy like like Sims, um, and those other running backs that they've got. I mean, you talk about uh, you said Gibbs, uh, Jordan Mason, Jeff, uh, and, and Sims himself. Uh, Dante Smith. These guys have all been running well. I mean, you—they've got, got three guys with like 150 plus yards in just in just these uh, few games. So they spread the ball around. I mean, it's 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 like what you see in college. I mean, that's what Narduzzi like to do a lot—is you know, spread out with his running backs, um, which we are get into as well. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 tough with. The, I look at the Tennessee game because it's obviously that's you know the best team they've they've uh, gone up against so far, but with so much turnover in the defense like we talked about like I like Damari Mathis too but you they're asking more of these guys and it's just kind of up to them to prove it uh so for me it's kind of like a wait and see thing but I've just not been encouraged very much at all um and you know with Narduzzi as a whole like there's always kind of questions with the secondary like you mentioned but um Again, it's just, it's just for them, it's just game planning. I mean, Georgia Tech, I think, could come down from a big win like that. We've seen that in college all the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, this is obviously the biggest game to the season so far this is your first ACC game. So you want to see them kind of come out strong. Yeah, and I
1: think that's the thing. I mean, Hendon Hooker with Tennessee, he ran all over them. He didn't have to throw the ball much because the tight ends were streaking right down the middle of the football field half the time. So you got to find a way to put a lid on it. I think that's the biggest thing for Pitt. Lacking explosive plays, they need to make sure that the explosive plays do not come up repeatedly for them. I mean, listen, this isn't like Georgia Tech's been a a stalwart in terms of offensive talent. They scored 21 points against Northern Illinois. I mean, Pitt can slow this team down. I'm just worried a guy like Sims can give them a lot of trouble in similar ways that Hendon Hooker gave him trouble. And that's just, can they tackle in the secondary? There were a lot of missed tackles in that Tennessee game. Now, we haven't seen them tested in that way since, but even during the WMU game, there were a lot of missed tackles in the secondary on the receivers, and they just busted it open for a touchdown. Crooms yeah. and Moore went off a lot on the yak stuff off those slant routes. I think I'm, I think if there's one chief concern about the secondary – I think they can cover guys. I don't think it's, it's like a disaster coverage-wise. I do think, however, they have trouble tackling, and they've shown that
0: c- pretty consistently throughout the year. This is not a great tackling second. Yeah, we, we've seen, you know, in the Western Michigan game, I was about to mention, Sean Tyler, Darius Jefferson, once they get into that second level, um, I mean, they got more than they really should have. Um, and being able to obviously limit those big plays is, is huge. And if they can't do that, then teams are going to continue to attack um, when, you know, they get through, they get their you know, the offensive line gets their blocks and it's like, okay, here we are. Second level who's stopping them. And they don't really have that heavy hitter. You know, obviously Paris Ford was like kind of an enforcer for them as a safety. I know he uh, kind of, you know, his pit career took a turn for the worst late, um, but he was, he was big and, you know, the year before and, and, I mean, they just had guys in in you know, in the linebacking group uh, that have been dominant in there. But but it, right now, it's like I don't know necessarily who that guy is or who those guys are because, I mean, they're going to need multiple of them. Um, but, again, it's like who emerges? I, I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, and I think the linebackers haven't played all that well either. Like, Sarvasia Denise now moving to the middle I think has been – Personally, I think it's been a mistake. I think he should stay outside of the money and kind of rotate in with Campbell and Bright and then just choose where they want him and let him attack downhill. Starting Wendell Davis last week, I thought was a nice change. I thought he played well, but it's New Hampshire. But the defense, I think, is the biggest concern in this game. All right, I do want to talk about the pit offense. But first, I want to shout out Sweat Block Wipes. These are doctor-created and doctor-recommended wipes that'll keep you dry. Works up to seven days per use, and they have a dry shirt guarantee. luck doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. They are featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Fire Fires, and that just shows how good these are. They're currently the number one bestseller in the Amazon antiperspirant category. You can wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret of confidence. It's a must in your toiletry bag. Whatever it's for, a date, a presentation, you're just going out on the town, whatever, these are great. SweatBlock is what you need. Get it today for 20% off at SweatBlock.com with the promo code LOCKDOWN. Again, that's 20% off at SweatBlock.com with the promo code LOCKDOWN or at Amazon and CVS. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. We're going to talk about this pit offense. The pit offense this year is unbelievable. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, and it's the most fun I think I've had watching a pit offense since Matt Canada's offense in 2016. How good do we think this offense is? Because this is their first very legitimate challenge. They obviously diced up the, the Tennessee defense. So they, they've shown they can dice up power five defenses. Georgia Tech slowed down Sam Howe, though. This looks like a, a different beast. They slowed down Sam Howe. They've slowed down DJ Uiagagale. Can Kenny pick and break that trend? I'm not sure. I mean, what do we think about this pit offense against this Georgia Tech defense, a talented Georgia Tech defense at that?
0: I'm, I'm confident in, in, in the offense now. I feel like they finally, and, I, and we've talked about this before. I've talked about this with you. Um, and I've been such a big proponent of them just letting Kenny, you know, um, loose a little bit, throwing down the field and just forget the run game. Obviously not forget it all together, but make that secondary, make, make your, your, you know, make, make it a pass first offense, like throw the ball down the field. They've got plenty of weapons um with guys like i mean like jordan addison has been un- unbelievable i was uh i was looking at um you know uh heisman odds and and, and he was somewhere on that list jordan addison can you think it was obviously kind of lurking towards the top but jordan even jordan addison was on that list so now you have a number one type receiver a very big playmaker obviously guys like Taysir Mack, who who you know we've seen sparingly but he he always kind of has a knack of making big plays here and there um and, and so they, they've got weapons um pickett this is his fourth year or his fifth year with the program his fourth year um as as the starter and i've just been waiting and waiting and waiting because i was like this is it for pickett uh you know you look at his past three years his numbers have been rather you know pedestrian like when you watch him play he's been great at times but if you're just looking at his sheer numbers like last year 13 touchdowns nine interceptions he's thrown for 2400 yards obviously that's a, sh- a little bit of shorter season um season before 13 and 9 season before 12 and 16 he's already surpassed his touchdown career high throwing um he's well on his way to um blowing his career high passing yardage out of the water and like i said this is it if you want to get the most out of kenny pickett now you have to make him the strength of your, your offense and i think by that by doing that is letting him throw you know what? However many t- however many attempts it takes. I mean, this guy wants to. He's obviously wants to make the NFL. This is it for him. The stock is rising. Um, you know, they've got a couple quarterbacks behind him that that I'm sure they're looking at for next year. But for now, I don't see what there is to lose with just you know letting him go. If he makes some mistakes, fine. Um, but we've seen that the running game needs a little bit of work, and I think if they really want to open that up. They have to continue to play to Kenny's strength, which is, you know, throwing it down the field.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Georgia Tech team has a few really good players. Trey Swelling, Wanya Thomas, Charlie Thomas is good. They have a a pretty good front up there as well. Jaquan Griffin's a good player. Um, Jared Ivey, the freshman's shown out so far as well. This is a, a Quez Jackson as well, the linebacker. They have a ton of really good players that have all improved and kind of coalesced into a nice little unit here. But, but as you mentioned, Kenny Pickett has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Let's not talk about just the ACC. He's been the best quarterback in the ACC this year so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, easily. He's probably not been the best in the country because Matt Corral exists, but (laughs) he's been unbelievable. And I kind of agree with you. I mean, I don't know if they're going to put up 40. I do think though, I do think they put up more than 30. I I definitely do believe that. They're just so explosive, and and even if they aren't explosive down the football field, Pickett's showing the ability to to beat them underneath. Now, this is where you hope Jared Wayne suits up. Obviously, he missed the New Hampshire game. You need to hope he suits up because I think him underneath is a big part of the weapon personnel, at least. He's kind of grown into that wide receiver two-ish role, kind of taking on a bigger role each year. I think having him would be big. But I agree. I think that they can crack this code. And, you know, looking at let's compare this one to the 2016 offense. Do you think this one's better? It might not be as balanced as that one was. But just because they can't run the football doesn't mean it's not as good because they really with the way Kenny Pickett's playing right now, they really don't need to care about running the football.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's such a you know, that was um that was my freshman year. It was the, you know, the first time I was really following pit football being, you know, being from New Jersey, I, you know, Pit was, wasn't really on my radar until I started looking for you know, schools and then, um, you know, going to football games. And, and uh, I mean, they were putting up points like crazy to average 41 points a game. I was 10th in the nation at that year. Um, and guy, you know, Nathan Peterman was their quarterback and Nathan Peterman you know, I mean, guys know him now, not for that season at Pitt, but for, uh, you know, his NFL career, which is, which is a shame. But, I mean, that year at Pitt, he was honestly, like, just kind of along for the ride. Like, he was very good, don't get me wrong. But he was very much a product of what um, Matt Canada, now obviously the Steelers offensive coordinator, um, but Pitt's offensive coordinator just for that one year, what he brought to the table um, with how creative the offense is. Now, is it better – Um, I don't know. I think it has potential to be better because I think there's so much more that you kind of open yourself up to when you could throw the ball, like a lot, I think it's just, you know, we've seen it in the NFL and then even in college, just like being able to just throw from behind if you're behind in games, that was great. But that pit team wasn't the best at playing back from behind. Like they couldn't really run their way back into games. They had to get jump out to an early lead and, um, and just get going Uh, because the defense, um, the defense wasn't great. Uh, They gave up 35 points a game. So, again, it was just them running the ball as much as they could. Uh, They had guys like, you know, obviously James Conner, Quadri Henderson, um, Darren Hall, Quadri Olsen were kind of lesser parts of that, but they were just so deep at running back, and then, you know, they got like George Aston as as their blocking fullback. Um, It was such a different dynamic, but I like this dynamic more with Pickett because it's kind of like an air raid offense. And I think that like, you don't really see, I mean, you see it in college, but it's, you see it in like the big 12, not as much as in the ACC. And I just think that with the, how the ACC is this year, like, you know, if they can just outscore teams or they fall behind with this defense, obviously we're not sure how it is. Like I trust Pickett to get them back into it. That's how I trust in Pickett more than I would in Peterman. Oh,
1: well, he already did it against Tennessee. They were down early, had a horrific start in, in Neyland stadium. And Pickett single-handedly essentially willed them back into the game. And then he – I mean, listen, they didn't have a good start against Western Michigan really either. They had the one touchdown, then Western Michigan went up by two scores. And they made it a game because Kenny Pickett was – well, Kenny Pickett.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a different dynamic. You said, you said it best. That offense with Matt Canada, it was fun, but it wasn't it, – it was explosive at times. It was not explosive like this. You know, Pitt is top five among every – metric you can look in terms of explosive plays the passing yards completion completions over 20 plus air yards they are top five in all that kenny pickett is a great deep ball thrower he's proven it this year and plus they have addison they have jalen barden lucas crawl i think has really opened up the offense they finally
0: have a tight end again coincidentally scott orndoff was the tight. End uh, yeah player. he was like that goal he was like that red zone that that goal line kind of option for for peterman they ran a lot of um, a lot of red zone plays, Remy, I mean, it was five touchdowns, but, uh, I mean, he was, I think a couple touchdowns in that Clemson game, but I mean, Kroll's got four already this year and, and, you know, uh, Orlandoff had five that year. So I, I like, I like the Kroll move a lot. I mean, he's just a big body guy for Pickett to throw to, um, in the end zone. Yeah. He he's, he's a big addition. So this offense weapons wise, this as a whole, I
1: think it's better. Um, I, I really do. Addison's a better peer receiver than Henderson was. Henderson was a glorified running back. This <laughs> is just sweep games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not, they're not as de- obviously not as deep running back, but they make up for it because they're so deep at receiver. The offensive line, I think, is better in 2016. They have a they have Brian O'Neill was on that line. Um, they had a few really solid players on that line. The line this year, it's not a great run blocking unit. But they keep Kenny Pickett right? and that's really all that matters. And so when we're comparing these offenses, I think it's so different. They're so different. I mean, the shift, the paradigm shift between these two offenses is is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I personally prefer the 2021 version, if they can keep it up. If they they can keep it up, because I kind of compare this. If you just want to see what an explosive offense can do, watch the Kansas City Chiefs and how quickly they can turn a 10-point deficit into a lead that's what the that's what Pitt can do this year because they have that explosive element i've just never seen them air it out like this it's something new they literally you watch teams they try to play like every different coverage in the book no one can match them man to man they can try to play too high they just split it with curl up the middle of the field like no one can match them man for man in terms of the skill positions and then pickett is good enough to fit it into the tight windows so they have
0: everything they want offensively this year in terms of the passing game, running game different story. <laughs> yeah, and and before we touch on the running game, I just want to say, you know, you mentioned the Chiefs, and it might sound crazy, like we're saying, oh, it's like it was uh, Kenny Pickett, and Mahomes, and and uh, Jordan Addison, and there's Tyree Kills, Kroll, Kelsey. It's like, uh, you know, obviously, it's more just the structure of how they operate their offense. Um, but on you know on on a college level, I mean, you look at how, like, I mean, it is, you know, Kroll's not really producing like a kelsey wood but addison big play guy i mean he could he could go deep he could run underneath uh he's good with the ball i mean he just does kind of like everything for eight touchdowns i mean that's nuts he's got double more than anyone anyone on the team and double more than Kroll. and then pickett to me the biggest thing with pickett is a, a uh he's confident and i think he's always kind of been confident but like i said the coaching doesn't really allow him to air it out but now that he is there hasn't been like that kind of step back where it's like okay he clearly was not built to be throwing this much um he's making more bad decisions like that hasn't happened at least not yet he is confident maybe he's a little overconfident sometimes uh and that could lead him to some picks only one so far um but i think that you know on a a deeper level that i think he translates to the nfl a little bit i think he kind of has that mentality but obviously it's so long season they're going to play better competition we'll get to we'll get to see more but I'm just really encouraged by what I've seen.
1: Yeah, I'm very encouraged. I think that, again, I think that it's not exactly a murderer's row of defenses in the ACC. Yeah. Um, They're going to have opportunities. Virginia looks bad. North Carolina looks bad. Miami looks bad defensively. All these teams look bad defensively. Georgia Tech is maybe the second best defense they're going to face this year. I mean, legitimately, behind Clemson. Clemson's defense still looks great. Yeah. But legitimately, they – they have an opportunity here to put together something special this season if they can continue this production offensively and if the defense can hold it down a little bit more. And I want to talk about that running Before we go talk about that running game, I want to shout out rockauto.com. Folks, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto product store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while you wait and the person behind the counter opens the parts on their computer and orders the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto has reliably low prices for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly ever want. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on on their How Did You Hear About Us Bucks so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever as the teams are back on the gridiron. BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. So just head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, horse racing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, you're online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit Podcast. Nitty, let's round this out. Let's talk about this pit running game. I talked about it earlier in the week. I don't think they need to run the football, but it does help to be able to run the football when you are getting into that four-minute offense in the fourth quarter, and necessarily you don't want to throw the football, right? That's not necessarily what you want to do. First of all, in your view, who's the best running back on the
0: team all around and who needs to be getting most of the carries? I mean, you know, I think I got to go, and I know your answer is Izzy, and and I kind of just have to agree. Um, You know, we saw Rodney Hammond kind of have a nice game against New Hampshire, again, that's New Hampshire. But, you know, if you take away him, because his stats look kind of crazy right now, but Izzy has been the best guy so far. Um, He, you know, 147 yards, four and a half yards per carry. He's got a couple touchdowns. Um, His longest carry is just 17 yards, and I just mentioned that because – People always say, well, what people, what was his longest carry? Like, is that really skewing his yards per carry? And it's not. Like, that's not a big game. 17 yards. Vincent Davis, 3.6, his long's 19. And then um uh AJ Davis, he's kind of an afterthought. Uh guys like Todd Sibley Jr. and and yeah, and Daniel Carter. It's really kind of come down to these three guys now. And, and like I said, him and had a lot of stat padding in New Hampshire, but to me it's it's Izzy. I think I think he's all around. Uh, the, the best guy's got eight catches for 73 yards now. Um, so he's a little bit, you know, he's been contributing to the passing game a little bit more than the other guys. Um, and I think I've just seen enough of Vincent Davis and AJ Davis and um, Todd, Todd Sibley, even though, you know, they had some little wildcat fun with him last year or the year before. I think Izzy's the guy, I think he'll be the guy next year. I think the year after that. So why not just roll with him now, get him into it, get him, a, get him really accustomed to being their number one back. And the other guys are secondary. That's that's kind of how I look at it.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for an offense at this stage is well, which running back because they're not running the football much and they've gotten away from it more and more until you know they are actually putting the game away. Mm-hmm. It's like who can protect Pickett the best? Like honestly, like that. It's weird to say that, but like pass pro means so much. And Vincent Davis, man, he's small. He's like 5'8". 175, maybe on a good day, but he pass blocks his butt off. Izzy, I think tries. I don't know if he's great at that yet. Hammond, we haven't even seen anything from him necessarily in the past protecting game. So I think Izzy's the best all around back, but maybe for what they want to do right now, it's actually Vince. I don't know. It's a very interesting dynamic. I think the running back position just needs to, to be a complementary piece to the offense at this point in certain roles, in certain things they do. But I think Izzy looks the best of them all. But I I do want to ask you, you know, so there was no Owen Drexel this week. He was out at center. So they shifted cradle in, Hoy went in, and Gonzalez actually played uh, at right tackle. I mean, we think Owen Drexel's going to start. But going forward, I mean, Would you be against using that lineup? They seem to get a lot more success on the ground, at least, but it was New Hampshire. So, how much can you read into that?
0: Yeah. When you ever when you replay, you know, you know, a division FCS team like New Hampshire and, you know, you see the score 77 to seven, you're like, wow, that's, that's crazy. How, (laughs) like, what, what was this game really? Like, is it, I mean, is New Hampshire a real team? You know, what, what, like, is this, it's like they played out, oh, what's that team? The the fake team that, got on ESPN Bishop Sycamore Um, Bishop Sycamore that's the kind of game you're thinking like wow that New Hampshire but I mean obviously it's just a talent thing so I don't know how much you could take from it um but I I think I'm sure they'll kind of try out different things um Pickett has been sacked uh I believe it was seven times so far this year seven times in four games that's not too bad you know you could attribute that to him a little bit with you know, I'd love to see some kind of like next gen stats and i look at, the, look at this with the NFL a lot, like time to pass, um, pocket time, stuff like that. Um, I don't know if it's a college equivalent. I'm, I doubt it, but I, I'd love to see some of that kind of advanced numbers, um, with, you know, how much time pick it really has in the pocket with, with different guys and, and also how they, they run the ball. I mean, you know, talk about Izzy and, and, um, and Vincent Davis and, um, pass protection and, and obviously running the ball late in games yeah like they, then they can complement each other and then you know maybe you make a substitution in the o-line depending on what you're going to go for obviously you know o-line's a big rhythm thing you don't want to switch it up too much but if they're just not sure what they want to do yet and they want to you know test the waters like that might be the move uh, i mean i'm not sure maybe i mean i'm a little fa- maybe i'm a little you know reaching a little bit with that but that's just kind of like an idea i had uh, with what to do with the offensive line.
1: Yeah, and, and Dre- the thing with Drexel is he's had trouble with his snaps. I mean, there have been a few bad snaps. Cradle didn't have that issue last week. Read into that as you will. I just I just find it very interesting that with Drexel, they've had a lot more errant snaps and kind of turnovers off of that. Patty, I think, had one against UMass. They had a few in uh, WMU, one of which went the other way. So, I, you know, you can look at that and say – man, maybe we can switch this around and, and see what works. Um, but it, it's something that I think they're thinking about. We'll have to see. If, if he's not able to play, if Drexel's not able to play against Georgia Tech and they put up a similar performance on the ground, I think it's hard to to argue against not going with that lineup. I like Gonsalves a lot. Um, but again, they they also don't want to shake up everything. All right, just before we get out of here, I do want to ask you about Mark Whipple so far. In this offense, you know, he's gotten a lot of flack the past two years, a lot of people saying he should be gone. What kind of job do you think Mark Whipple has done this year? And more importantly, how how do you think he's allowed Kenny Pickett to thrive so far in this year aside from just
0: execution stuff that the players are doing? I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of like night and day when you look at uh, last year and this year. Um, Pickett is, is, is like you said, he's blossoming into this kind of dominant quarterback, and you could say, oh, look at the competition. Um, but, I, but I feel like that, that game against Tennessee, you know, obviously this Tennessee is a formidable opponent. Um, you know, how good they are relative in the SEC, you know, maybe they're not great. I know, I know early on that people were high on them, but it is Tennessee. They've disappointed in years past but still um, it's an sec team that that counts for something and Pickett was i mean he was great uh there was like he was just fantastic and he's been great in every game and and the offense has scored 40 points or more in every game Pickett in that and that uh tennessee game 24 for 36 285 yards two touchdowns um and like that's if you get that every game um i mean you're you're in business and then i could even see more and and against teams like Western Michigan and in New Hampshire, obviously they lose the Western Michigan game, not, not Pickett's fault at all. But I mean, absolute domination. And you don't expect that versus the best teams, but that I think to me, the best quarterbacks do that against the worst teams. It's like you see them just air it out. I mean, that I mean Western Michigan, they lose to. It is what it is. But what you got out of it was a just dominant picket performance, and he's building something here. He's building more confidence. Um, you're, 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 you're finding out what you have in new guys like Kroll. Or not new guys, but like, you know, from last, you know, last year was a little bit. I think he got injured, if I'm not mistaken. But these guys are getting more involved now, and you're seeing what these guys can really do. And to me, it's opening up so much for the offense. And I think that it'll help the running game in the end. I think teams will start to really respect the picket. And, you know, they'll, they won't stuff the boxes. Like, they'll, they'll kind of leave things open for Pitt inside maybe. And we'll just see different looks on defense. And then they'll have to adjust, you know, and we'll see how Whipple does. But I like this aggressive approach he's taken so far.
1: The aggressive approach down to literally every single thing. I mean, from going on fourth down to trusting his quarterback. He trusts Kenny Pickett with the world. You can tell. He really does. And the thing is, and the thing we haven't really – we kind of didn't talk about with the running game, while they aren't successful overall, last year they didn't get anything going until those final few games. But they are a formidable short yardage team. Like, they do pound the rock into the end zone. Like, this is not a team that usually has trouble pounding it in the red zone in the run game. They get enough push to where Vincent Davis can slinky around guys or he can find a little hole and get one or two yards. So they're a good short yardage running team, and I think that's really all they need to be. So, and again, I think Whipples done a nice job calling plays this year. He's just letting Kenny be Kenny. He's calling up good shot plays, he's putting a lot of safeties in conflict with each other. He's been good. So overall, yeah. I, I I think that he's been he's been a really nice, really good OC so far this
0: year. My biggest complaint with him in the past, and, and you know, I think I'm sure Narduzzi has something to do with this as well. Obviously, he's you know, is involved in the offense, but he's involved in the decision-making in game. And what they would do a lot last year, a lot in the year before is, you know, when they're up at the half, they go into that second half and they're like, all right, we're going to chew the clock. Now we're going to, we're going to, you know, try and try and slow this game down. We're we have the lead. Let's protect the lead. Let's protect the ball. But to me, it just is like, why is there such a lack in trust with, with Pickett? I mean, it was his third year at the time as a junior. Um, there was talk about him, you know, uh, going into the nfl draft um and i was like man it just doesn't feel like we've gotten the most out of picket like we've seen some great games from him um but again it's like the coaching didn't trust him for some reason right? they didn't, didn't trust the personnel whatever it was um it, it, it hindered them and then they blow leads It the games would be closer than they really had to be but i think when you when you have a, such a, a, an aggressive offense and you go up big early or you can just put up points in an instant like minute drive you're just just you know thrashing the other team's defense through the air and they're struggling we've, we've seen secondaries just get flustered um not just by i mean not by pit but just in, in general like i mean i always consider like second corners and guys like that guys that get so easily irritated when they get beat i think secondaries get so frustrated you see in the nfl guys start holding there's a lot of people get calls on you know, pi whatever you need like the refs are gonna throw the flag. I think there's so much that so much good that comes out of throwing the ball often. When a guy like Pickett has shown the ability to throw deep, he can throw. You know, obviously, I can. He's, there's a lot of throws he can make. So, um, I, I feel like you just got to use that. Don't run the ball on first and ten and second and ten and just see what you can get. Like, see what you can get through the air. And then, like you said, when you're in those short yardage downs or those short yardage plays, then just you know, then you can then you can pound it when you when you need to. And then if obviously that doesn't work. They've got guys that can run short and and Pickett can run himself. So, I mean, that's another thing that's kind of underrated about him now is he can run it himself. So, I mean, there's so much they can do now.
1: Exactly. And I just – I love the offense as a whole. It's great. It's just all about the defense, and we talked about how that defense needs to step up. All right, before we get out of here, outlook for the rest of the year, what do you kind of see Pitt doing? The ACC is wide open literally everything there's no dominant team in the acc right now yes wake and bc are undefeated are they going to stay that way i wouldn't expect it um but you do have openings and Pitt could potentially even after the western michigan loss be a team with such a good quarterback that could fill
0: that opening and fill that void and potentially have a really big year for the program yeah it should you know you start with a two road um ACC games, and uh, that's, you know, it's tough. Virginia Tech um, is, you know, uh, it can be tough place to play down at Blacksburg, and um, Georgia Tech, not as much, obviously, but Georgia Tech, obviously, is, he comes off a big win. Um, you know, I'm hoping for the come down, like we talked about. you see seen college football all the time, but, again, it's still a tough game nonetheless. These games are all, like, I want to say they're all tough, but they're all winnable. I mean, it's, it, it's really what comes down to is. You know, when years pass, you kind of chalk up, you know, if they play Clemson in, in the year where they, you know, play Clemson every other year, whatever it is, you chalk that up as a loss. There's just certain games on the road, you just chalk it up as a loss. But there's not a single game on this schedule right now where I'm like, yeah, they're probably losing that game. And maybe we're being a little optimistic. And also on the flip side, it's like, yeah, I could see, th- I could see them losing this game as well. Cause I mean, like with the defense, it's like, maybe you just shoot out and you know, the other team gets the last shot, but Generally speaking, like I, I like having, and in what a lot of people are saying, you said like the best quarterback in the ACC right now, it's still early, but right now it's like, he's been the best. I like their chances. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to sound like I'm dumbing it down, but it's like, you are the best quarterback. If you have enough talent around you, if the coaching is good. And obviously I have my question about Narduzzi, but guys around them get better. It's just like, I just feel good. I you just feel good with a good quarterback, and to me, that's how I feel about these last, you know, uh, eight games or these eight or nine ACC games or whatever it is. So um, I'm excited. I could see I could see nine and three. I kind of expect nine and three, honestly.
1: Yeah, I would expect nine and three too. I think very realistic record is six and two in conference. They've done it before. I mean, they've done it before. Narduzzi's had good ACC seasons, so you would hope so. That's where it will come through. All right. Man, plug your stuff. Tell them where they could find
0: you. Everything where they can find your work, man. Um, uh, I am uh, Michael L. Mitty on Twitter. Uh, I uh, write for if you're a New York Giants fan, which I, I don't really wish that upon anybody right now, but uh, I am contributing at uh, G man HQ. Uh, you can find that on my Twitter. Write a couple couple you know pieces there a week. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean I'll, I'll tweet some little bit here and there, but. Mostly just about sports, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's about it for me. All
1: right, folks, make sure to go check out Nitty's stuff. He's does great work as well. Talking pit, everything. He's a great sport. Tomorrow, I will have Chris Carter on to talk about Pitt Georgia Tech preview that game and kind of what everything that's going into it overall. Before we get out of here, I want to make sure you guys, as usual, check out the Lockdown Bets podcast. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, folks, again, big preview tomorrow, coming with Chris. We're going to talk everything GT. We're going to break them down in detail. But thanks for listening as per usual, folks, and as always, hail to Pitt.